What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Self-Helpless Podcast. I'm Delaney Fisher. I'm Taylor Tomlinson. And I'm Kelsey Cook. And today we have a really juicy topic, managing imposter syndrome. But before we get into that, just a couple little nuggets. Um, First off, we are now available for video shout outs. So if you want to book a video shout out from all three of us, you can email selfhelplesspodcast at gmail.com, whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, uh, just because we got your back. And uh, who wants to uh, read this lovely quotable? I do. Episode? Oh, Taylor, I was hoping you would say that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this is... <laughs> this teacher's this is like, a... I thought, I really feel like a teacher now. <laughs> the glasses. It's like Jim Carrey's The Mask, but with the glasses. Like, it's it's your entire personality now, are these glasses. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God, I love it. Uh, this quotable, it was submitted by Helpster Catherine, and it is attributed to unknown. We don't know who said this, but we do like that it was said. <laughs> Your perception of me is a reflection of you. My reaction to you is an awareness of me. Wow. That's a good one, and it's complicated, so I'm going to read it again. Please do. Thank Your you. Your perception of me is a reflection of you. My reaction to you is an awareness of me. So basically, we're all just like projecting our own shit onto each other, right? Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, I like that quote. That uh, that resonates with me. It does that resonate really with you guys? Good. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I mean, and- I, it's it's no, it's not about you. Anything that people are feeling negative, positive about you, it's really not about you most of the time. Right. Yeah. And how you're feeling about other people is about you. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that yeah. was submitted by uh, our helpster, Catherine, on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash selfhelpless if you want to be able to submit quotables that get read on the show and uh, help choose our upcoming topics. Yes. 
All right, let's dig in, shall we, people? So I'm really excited about this topic. It's come up a little bit recently here and there. And, you know, it's probably been a couple years since we did like a general kind of overview about imposter syndrome, but I think probably a lot has changed since then. Um, And this is going to be a lot of kind of practical tips and stuff for managing imposter syndrome since... I would say everybody experiences this at some point in their lives. If you are trying to do anything that scares you a little bit, chances are you're experiencing imposter syndrome, right? I don't think anybody is uh, definitely this shit. So imposter syndrome is also known as imposter phenomenon, imposterism, fraud syndrome, or the imposter experience. And we're really going to talk about ways to combat this. So studies suggest 70% of people experience imposter syndrome at some point in their career. I would say that sounds pretty accurate, if not low, but I guess it depends on the career. And um, yeah. I know that I've, depending on where I was working, I cared very little little or cared a lot, depending on, depending on the job and how I felt about it. Um, right. I wonder if construction workers are ever like, I don't hammer very well. <laughs> Frank put up that beam so much better than me. <laughs> I don't know if any of these terms are correct. <laughs> you put up a beam? I, but you know what's funny? I could actually see that being a pretty big thing in a field like construction or whatever when you're first getting started because that's such a stereotypical like macho environment where you don't yes. want to ask for other people's help and you don't want to look like you don't know what you're doing. So I bet a lot of people go in like, yeah, I can make a fucking beam and then like are actually on the inside like shit, I'm going to mess this up and then I'm going to lose this job and I don't know what I'm doing. I don't even know how I got hired. Like I bet that would be actually a pretty big place where imposter syndrome happens. Oh yeah. That's a I good actually point. know of a personal experience within like my network of people. Um, somebody I know has like a very physical job and it's a shit ton of pressure to not only like, yeah, it's kind of like proving the masculinity that you can like handle it, that you can handle a really, that really grueling job. Um, and that you can like maintain it. Like they're kind of constantly checking in on your strength or your fitness or how much you can, how much you can lift, um, and if you can manage the team, like all that. So it sounds very, very stressful. Yeah. Um, but so imposter syndrome is a serious issue and most in common, oh, and is most common in environments that thrive on competition and comparison, dog eat dog culture, maybe sounds like the entertainment industry a little bit, eh, a little bit, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> have poor communication and unclear expectations, lack diversity and mentor- mentorship, which can reinforce a sense of isolation or otherness. Yes. And yeah, so that all makes a lot of sense. And I didn't realize there was different types of imposter syndrome. So here are the five types of imposter syndrome. The perfectionist. Hello. Yeah, that's weird. Who's this about? (laughs) Perfectionist. So where success is rarely satisfying because they believe they could have done it even better. Oh my gosh. That is just... Let's just take that one in for a second. I'll just sign our names next to this one. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> initial here. Got a pen. Um, There's a great quote in the artist's way that I believe was maybe by Picasso or another famous painter, but they said, um, a painting is never finished. It just stops in interesting places. Oh. And I think especially uh, as stand-ups and comedy, like you'll shoot a comedy special or you'll do a late night set 
And then you'll always the next day or a week later be like, oh, I wish I would have said that joke this way, or I could have made this part better. But it's like, it's always evolving, but you have to stop in those certain moments to tape the special, whatever it is. And um, yeah, that quote always sticks with me that like, there's, there's never any official stopping point with art, I think. Oh, it's, oh my God. My, yeah, my, my imposter syndrome was definitely the worst when I was doing standup. I hate every video there ever is of me. I don't like a single one. A, oh, because, you know, it's, it's really? one of those, oh, no, zero. There is Even zero. your special? No, no. What? I think it's fine, but I, it's hard because, you know, you might only tape it that one time, but all those other times are floating around your head. Like that joke did better in North Carolina. That joke did better. Yeah. Over, you know, it's like, can I just combine oh. all the times that they did well into one, you know, one special? The O-Town liquid dreams yes. of specials. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, uh, God, I mean, just uh, videos for me from a, a long time ago where it's like, God, that joke changed so much and got better or just, oh, and it's like, you can't go back and fix it. I feel like other jobs I've had, I've been able to fix it in a way where yeah. not with that shit. That shit is tough to sit with as a performer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that makes me sad for you because your special was so fantastic. You're so It was sweet. so good and you looked so great. Like, Oh, that dear. should be the one thing that you're like, well, that one was, was great. Yeah. That no. was everything I wanted. I wish I, 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 I like it fine, but it's not something that uh, I'm like directing everybody to like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> you know what I mean, I like the yeah. idea of it and it's just, you know, it was, but I, that's how I feel about everything. I could have probably mm. worked on it for three years and felt the same way. Right. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. So the perfectionist. Okay. So we, that one hit home. The next that one, one does. the superwoman or superman, um, they often push themselves to work harder and harder, harder to measure up. The natural genius, they believe they need to be a natural genius. So they judge their competence based on ease and speed as opposed to their efforts. In other words, if they take a long time to master something, they feel shame. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's hard probably being uh, not great at something in the beginning for that type. Um, yeah. the soloist sufferers who feel as though asking for help reveals their phoniness. They feel they shouldn't need help or they will seem incompetent. Whew. Shit. Yeah. I feel like I'm a little bit of all this shit. Um, yeah. the expert measures their competence based on what and how much they know or can do believing they will never know enough. They fear being exposed as inexperienced or unknowledgeable. Ah, I feel um, like I meet that one a lot at dinner parties. Yeah. That'll back you into the corner about their <laughs> recent trip to Machu Picchu or some shit. <laughs> um, yes. All right. So I'm curious with you guys. Um, when can you think of your most recent experience with imposter syndrome and what it was and how you felt? Kelsey, you're not in your head very <laughs> Well, yeah, I didn't. I mean, you didn't prepare us beforehand of what you're going to ask us. And so just now I froze for a second of like, oh, shit, I don't know. And then I was like, oh, the makeup course. Oh, yes. Yes. That is who to a T feeling like an imposter as I was setting that up. And I, I still feel it a little bit. But each month that I do it, that feeling goes away a little bit um, more. Uh, 
Delaney had, you listeners know a bit, Delaney had been trying to get me to do some sort of makeup course for like a year, right? I mean, it had been a while that you were like, just do it. And Tay, you were saying it too. Yeah. Yeah. And listeners, probably. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I just, um, I was really hanging on hard to the idea that because I didn't go to school for makeup or I like wasn't a licensed cosmetologist that I had no business um, offering my services or charging for them. And um, I am having so much fun doing these online makeup workshops. It just feels right. It just all feels right. And it's been nice too by the end of it to feel like, oh, wow, I actually, I do know a lot about makeup. (laughs) (laughs) It's been such a big part of my life for so long. And it feels so wonderful at the end of these um, workshops to have people be like, oh my God, you genuinely just changed my entire makeup routine. Like you just fixed this thing I've been wondering about for years or um, you made me feel so beautiful today. Like that makes me feel so good because tips that you can teach people with makeup, they can carry that on with them every day and then continue to do it and feel beautiful. I just... It's such a good feeling. So yeah, um, but that shit, the imposter syndrome shit kept me from doing the makeup stuff for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Taylor? I mean, I feel that way all the time, every day. Uh, <laughs> with career stuff. Um, I got a, an offer this week to do a corporate gig um, next month. And... And I have I have a college gig tomorrow over Zoom, and college and corporate gigs shows tend to pay better than clubs or, or other things do. And every time I get an offer for like a college or a corporate event, I immediately feel like they couldn't get someone better. Someone else canceled. Someone backed out. Wow. I'm not worth paying this much money. And I'm going to mess it up and they're going to regret hiring me. Jeez. Like literally every time. And you There's still like feel a, that way. Yeah, oh, I really do. And I have a Netflix special. Unreal. Dude. Yeah. It's like you'd think at a certain point, I was like, do I, what do I have to do where I won't feel like I'm not good enough to be hired for an event with a budget? Right. That is wow. in your line of, it's your work. It's your right. job. <laughs> yeah. Right. So Kelsey mentioned that like going through the experience of doing it has helped her a lot with the imposter syndrome, like the results she's getting people, the feedback, right? Like that, that repetition, Kels, yeah. like putting it out there, that's helped you a lot. Yeah. What, how do you work through that feeling when you're about to do a corporate or a college event or something, Taylor? I think I just prepare myself as much as possible. Like for tomorrow, I was like, oh, I'm just going to spend all day preparing for that. And it's only 20 minutes of stand up and then like 40 minutes of Q&A. And oh, I'm wow. like, that makes me feel like an imposter. I'm like, you're going to ask me questions? You're going to pay me to answer questions? Like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be funny That's a dream. It's, that it is, is a awesome. dream. <laughs> That's, oh my god can all gigs be that 20 Dude, minutes know. of stand-up and then a Q&A what a breeze <laughs> it's that's what I'm saying though the better the gig is or the better the job is the more I feel like this was meant for someone else but someone better wouldn't do it or like they're just what I don't know it's just like 
And I think I think part of the reason I got it's actually it's the school I dropped out of. It's uh, oh, really? it's, yeah. It's Cal- well, up. it's one of the schools I dropped out of. So I went to college at Cal one Poly. Yeah, well, in this year, I have in the last few months, I am now performing at both of the colleges I dropped out of. Oh, that's I incredible. did a drive-in wow. at Cal State San Marcos, and tomorrow I'm doing a college show for Cal State uh, uh, Cal Poly in Slow. Oh, how funny! Oh, isn't my that God. stupid? <laughs> oh it's my so God. stupid! Well, that was my that's rival like, school in college. That's your rival school. You Santa Barbara and Cal Poly are like the. It's like the Gauchos and the Mustangs or some shit. I don't know. I wasn't yeah. a big sports person during that time. But yeah, they're both like, by the beach. Yeah. They're both just beautiful places to go to school. So they hate each other for some reason. It's like, God, yeah. how fucking privileged are we? Yeah. Um, you funny. performing at both schools you dropped out of now that you are at where you're at in your career is like running into your ex and you're dating like Brad Pitt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh Hi. my god, that's so funny. It's <laughs> pretty oh, true. Like, what great. a flex for you to perform for these colleges, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, can I get my money back, please? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be great. But yeah, I think what Kelsey said is right. You just the way you you prepare for stuff you don't feel qualified for is you just you over prepare and you just do it. And the more you do something, the more you feel qualified to do that thing i mean that's all stand-up spin is just we you do it every night right so that you get better but you also feel like oh i've put in the work and i am good at, i am good at this yeah right so the last time you did an uh, did an event like that taylor that you felt like you were an imposter you know syndrome how did you feel after the event did you feel like oh shit i still feel this way or i feel relieved because it went really well like did it change from start to finish yeah, I feel relieved afterward. If it goes well, I feel relieved. But even if it didn't go well, when I started doing stand-up full-time and was doing colleges, I felt like an imposter because I really didn't have an hour of material. And I was, you know, whatever, 20 and just going to these schools and trying my best. And whenever I pulled it off, it was like, oh my God, I did it. Maybe I am good enough. And the more times you pull it off, the closer you get to, oh, I'm I am worthy of being here. I earned this. Right. Delaney, how about you? Have you, what's the most recent time you felt like? Oh God, all the time. I I feel like I I have to manage this pretty consistently. The biggest one, uh, the most recent one was when I started my coaching business for sure. I mean, that like, it was like stand up the whole seven or six and a half years of stand up. And then with Dick Spy Delaney, I didn't feel as much of an, as like I was an imposter. It's really the stuff where it's like, I'm, it's like me. I'm selling myself in a way with stand up, like you are your product in a way. With coaching, it's like, this is my service is you, it's me. <laughs> with Dick Spy Delaney, it felt like more removed. It was a product, you know, a physical product you were buying. Um, so, yeah, that's the most recent. And I, such an imposter that before all of like my in the first several months before every single coaching session I would have to look at a list of all my accomplishments and remind myself that I was qualified to give people some feedback and direction and advice I would have to look at it every single time because I'm like who am I who am I to give people any kind of tips for starting and scaling a business or whatever it is And yes, the more experience and stuff and the more, you know, 
more that you talk to people, you, you get more confident, but oh, it was rough, very rough in the beginning. That's like the, the most recent. Um, I've definitely had imposter syndrome, even being on this podcast with you guys. I feel like I Same. shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here. You guys really? are this is comedians. You're going to keep getting bigger and bigger. I'm like the girl who lives in the garage. You know what I mean? Like, like, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, the second time I've been the girl who lives in, lives in the garage because that's where I was in college too. <laughs> but I'm, Oh my God. I feel like you guys have brought so many people into this show. Um, you know, so that like, I was not able to do that. I stopped being a performer a long time ago now. And I, that's a big imposter syndrome for me, you know, to yeah, wow. have this kind of exposure. I don't feel like this is mine at all. I don't deserve this big time. Oh, yeah. meanwhile, you handle so much of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not like, where we are without you. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? That's why. That I mean, obviously, I love doing it. I love the show, but I think I especially, I especially took on the reins very early on because I'm like, I got to pull my weight somehow. Whoa! Whoa. I didn't know you felt like that. <laughs> yeah, dude. I didn't either. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. So I, that was early on, and then you know, all of our careers have grown and changed and gone in different directions and stuff. And so I feel, you know, I feel differently and like more confident in certain areas now but still like I'm like dude they sh they could do this shit without me easy I don't need to be here like, <laughs> uh, wow so, yeah that is so not yeah, I'm nodding because I get it but I <laughs> right. well it's hard I think a group of three is really really hard to navigate both on a friendship level and on a professional level because it's like always morphing. You're never exactly the same amount of close to the other two at any given time. You mm. know what I mean? I feel like there's been times what? where <laughs> I feel like, I feel like there's times. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's yeah, yeah, it's like an historically ebb very hard for groups of three. Um, friends to work out and I think adding a business to that too makes it a whole other level but I'm so grateful that what are we now three and a half years in and yeah doing great can you that's thriving thriving yes. I seriously we have been in constant communication almost daily for three and a half years yeah and I love the shit out of you and I'm not like I'm oh. not resentful to be here. You know what I mean? Like I can't yeah. think of any other working relationship friendship to where that has happened for me at least. <laughs> Agreed. And even that yes. ebbs and flows. I mean, there there are sometimes we go through periods where we text every day or we talk every day. And then there I feel like there have been times where maybe we don't check in for a few days or a week mm -hmm. or we're not talking as much. I mean, yeah, you know, or or look, Kelsey and I talk more now because we're on tiktok and single <laughs> we have we're up later with more free time yeah it's true i mean we all just as people bring different things to the table in terms of things that we connect with with one another so there's certain times in our lives where like one of us is going through something that's gonna make it like okay 
I need to talk to Taylor about this. And then maybe you go through someone else and you're like, okay, I got to talk to Delaney about this. And it's just, that's the constant, you know, morphine. It's, it's always, it's always moving. Absolutely. I think it's, uh, incredibly successful collaboration <laughs> really I agree there's something well, that you know really clicked for us early on and that has been very authentic yeah know, boy this life. just turned into a little love fest that we didn't <laughs> <play off. laughs> really did. in 2021 I will take it I <laughs> we need it we'll take it professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder the more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Um, I would love to know if, if you experience imposter syndrome differently now, whether because you're older or you're more experienced in your professional career versus when you were younger, like, can you think of any big differences when you feel an imposter, whether you approach it differently, feel it differently? Um, Taylor, you were kind of nodding a bit. Do you have any credits now? (laughs) (laughs) Once you get credits. Like, Kelsey, how much did doing a late night set the day of help your imposter syndrome to, like, achieve something like that where you not only have a killer late night set, but you find out that you're doing it five hours beforehand and then crush it? Thank you. That's, like, a perfect example of coming out of something going, like, oh, I think I am the shit, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's very sweet. It, it's something that my uh, my manager said to me the morning that Taylor, if you don't know, is referring to. Um, I did a, a little late with Lily Singh, and I got notified that I was doing it like five hours beforehand. They did have somebody drop out and n- needed somebody that could do it last minute. And my managers, I don't know if they said it intentionally, but either way, it was so helpful because it did combat that moment of imposter syndrome where they were like, yeah, the booker reached out and was like, we need somebody who can do this. And so uh, my managers were like, oh yeah, well, Kelsey's like a seasoned pro. And like, I don't think of my, you know, the, how we talk about ourselves. I don't think of myself as this like seasoned, like old road dog or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. But in that moment, I was like, well, yeah, I, I get I've been doing it 11 years in terms of like, if they're looking for somebody who can step up and do this uh, under pressure that has already done a late night set before, I was like, well, shit, I mean, I guess, I guess my manager's right. But it was really this nice vote of confidence from my managers who I look up to so much to be like, yeah, you got it. Like they weren't even worried about the fact that I had the five hours notice to do it. They're just like, yeah, you, you're going to go be amazing. And we're not worried. And I was like, okay, <laughs> well, yeah. you're not worried. I guess I'm going to try to not be too worried. But um, yeah, that was definitely a, a step in the right direction of battling imposter syndrome to go do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the more accomplished, I mean, the more accomplishments you have in your field that you can point to as like hard evidence of yeah. like, okay. 
these are all the people I think deserve to be here and they have done all the things I've done now. So, you know, uh, if I believe that they deserve this, then I have to then believe that I do too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. That's how I talk to myself. Yeah. Yeah. You dumb bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So before you guys had those credits and those accomplishments and that experience as a much younger person or younger comedian experiencing that imposter syndrome, is there anything that you would tell yourself, your older, your younger self about imposter syndrome or how to manage it at that period of time before you maybe had this other stuff to kind of go off of? Um, I was just like, you just have to do it. I think I, I think I, when I was younger, I, I only had what people had told me and sometimes that helped. But a lot of the time it was like, there was, there was a scene in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel in the last season where uh, she's like opening for a singer and the singer's manager, she's like freaking out that she's like, I don't belong here. I shouldn't have gotten this. This someone else should have gotten this job. And he said, whether you're ready for it or not, it's here and you have to do it. And that's how I felt when I was younger. I was kind of like, well, you whether you deserve this or not, you got it. So now you have to work hard to be worthy of that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would have told a younger me that um, everybody else is also scared and everybody else is also experiencing this. You're not the only one feeling like you're about to walk the plank by going on stage when you don't feel deserving of whatever it is. Um, that would have helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's but no one wants to talk about that because you're trying to act like you're, yeah, you know, good to go. Yeah, if everybody was just honest about their imposter syndrome, that would be <laughs> yeah. more comforting and feel like a relief. Yeah. Um, I actually, um, yeah, I, I felt that a lot with stand-up because – I felt like I was in situations where people around me were full-time comedians and I wasn't. And I felt almost like embarrassed or like I shouldn't bring it up or let them just think that I do it full-time because that's what they're assuming. And felt really, that was always super uncomfortable for me. (laughs) Like um, even running into comedians like at work because I worked on a studio lot. I would run into right. comedians who knew me as a comedian being like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, oh yeah, I have an office job here. What? Yeah. <laughs> you know? right. Just assuming that I was, you know, full-time headliner and stuff like that. And even on uh, when I was getting interviewed for last call with Carson Daly, they were like, oh, so where are you, where are you off to this weekend or next weekend? I was like, oh, I'm just uh, taking a break. <laughs> Uh, HR <laughs> tell them that they fucked up by giving me this credit because I don't want to do this full time. I don't want this to be my career, and yet I'm getting this opportunity over somebody else who totally wants to be here full time. I felt right. like an asshole mm. for even accepting it. Um, so that was a big that was a that was a big struggle. And and then I remember being at the uh, getting into the Cabo, the Cabo Comedy Festival over somebody else I felt fucking horrible about that this the owner of the festival festival came to a comedy club to watch somebody else on the lineup 
And then they approached me after the show and and the festival and the other person didn't get invited. And I didn't really find out until I got there when, when they were, (laughs) Oh, I found her when I went to go see so-and-so I was like, Oh, where's so-and-so. Oh, they, they didn't get, (laughs) Oh, Oh my God. You were just too good. No, but like, I mean, (laughs) it sounds like I'm bragging about about myself now, but no, 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 that like tremendous guilt. Um, it was like imposter syndrome and guilt on top of it. And I was, that festival was filled with a lot of, uh, big people. And I remember asking one of the, one of the comedians that I was kind of traveling with, I'm like, I'm really scared to be here. Like, I don't, I don't know if I should be here or not. Like, I don't think I'm ready to be in this environment with all these big headliners and stuff and she was like you got in didn't you like somebody saw you and thought you were funny so you're here right I was like yeah but I think they made a mistake and I think they think I'm better than I am or I'm I have more experience or more material but oh it can really fuck your shit up all of that yeah yeah I mean I've talked about this before on the podcast but when I found out I got the Netflix special first off, didn't even think I was submitting for that. My team had to say, we're going to try to get you the hour. And I was like, no, I just want the half hour. They're not going to give me that. And they were like, let us try. I didn't have the confidence or self-esteem to even believe that I could get that. And then once I did, I was happy for about 10 minutes. And then I just broke down crying, feeling like I wasn't good enough and thinking about all the people that deserved it over me that didn't get it. Felt so guilty. And felt uh, that way till it came out. Still do sometimes. Jesus. You just learn to manage it. Yeah, it's everywhere all the time. Um, especially Del, you talking about having the day job. I feel like that shame, like with the imposter syndrome, keeps people from pursuing their passions so often because they don't want to be that person that has one foot in their passion, but like hasn't been able to make the leap yet into doing it full-time and has to have a day job Mm -hmm. people will avoid that at all costs yeah like I remember feeling like an imposter so quickly because my um back in Seattle I used to work at a structural engineering firm I was their admin assistant kind of front desk person and I was headlining a weekend in Seattle and my coworkers came out and including my boss and the shows were so fun. The one they came to was really, really fun. They came up to me afterward and they were like, Oh my God, we are so proud of you. This was so cool. And my boss in particular was very proud. And the very next morning I went to work and the first thing he said to me was, I'm going to need five copies of this paper. And it's like, you go back through that cycle so quickly of like, Oh yeah. Who did I think I was that I was like a real comedian? I make, I make copies. Wow. Yeah. That was a rough 180 of like, okay. Okay. Oh. And yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and scene. <laughs> I oh I felt like impo- an imposter with everything I was doing because I was one foot in and out with everything. So it was like, okay, stand up and then okay, maybe I'll try acting, maybe I'll try producing, maybe I'll try writing. Nothing ever felt full on like that I oh, this is what I do, I'm confident in it and all that. And I haven't, uh, now recently is the only time I felt that experience where I'm like, I feel like, Oh, I'm finally all in, in something. Yeah. This is both very exciting and also very scary because 
I've never been all in. And with that comes a lot of, oh shit, if I fail, I admitted that I really wanted this and I wanted to try this and wanted to make it happen and it didn't work. Uh Then I have to really look at my shit because with everything else, I was like, it was half and half. I wasn't full on in any of that shit. So whatever. Can't play the cool card anymore. Can't play the cool card anymore, guys. I'm I'm all in with this. (laughs) um, That's super new for me. And I didn't experience that until maybe within the year year or so ago um yeah do you have any go-to like what is your go-to tips now when you're dealing with imposter syndrome like before a show or before an event or whatever like if it was like you know you have to be on somewhere in 20 minutes what do you do what goes through your head what do you do (laughs) fake it till you make it baby fake it till you make it fake it till you make it as much as we shit on the hard sides of social media, sometimes it can be helpful if maybe I'm about to do a show that I feel scared to do or like not worthy of or something. If I can go on my Instagram, find a stand-up clip that I'm proud of and that like got a lot of positive comments, it does feel really good to read just a whole bunch of nice comments at once and hear the crowd laughing in a stand-up clip and be like, okay. <laughs> That's me in the clip, so I can go be that person on the stage right now. Ah, yeah. yeah. That's really good. I also think what Kelsey said earlier is really good to remind yourself of is like everyone feels this way. Yeah. Everyone's in the same boat as you. Nobody's thinking about you as much as you're thinking about you. Mm-hmm. Yes. And even if they are, there's nothing you can do about that. Just go right. prove them wrong. Prove you deserve to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Have have you guys ever experienced, because I feel like we've talked so much about career this episode. Um, yeah. Do you guys ever experience uh, imposter syndrome in your relationships? Yes. <laughs> Taylor. Yes. yes. Oh. Expand. Expand, Taylor. <laughs> I mean, literally all of them. Oh, I think I've always felt like, you know, what's so funny is every relationship I'm in, there's always like a friend of mine. Um that I'm like, oh, they would, they would like my friend better than me. It's usually Delaney, but <laughs> it's, there's always, yes. there's always just something in my head where I'm like, oh, my friend so-and-so would be a better fit for them. Or that girl over here would be someone they would be with if it, if they could be, but they can't. So it's me. Like, I, I just always feel like not good enough to be where I'm at which is so crazy because people are with you because they like you. Yeah. Right. It blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Truly. Um, just so many levels. That blows my mind. Yeah. Um, how about you, Del? Have you, have you felt that way in yours? Um, I, I tried to think of if I have felt like an imposter personally in any way, I don't feel it in my relationship, my romantic relationships. I don't think I've ever felt it there. I have felt it in some familial relationships. Oh, I have felt like, oh, um, this doesn't feel like my family. <laughs> um, in 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 a good in a in a like a good good way, like a positive way, where I feel like I this is this has been a really this is like a really nice environment and experience, and I feel like this is not really I'm not supposed to be here 
Like you're not worthy of that. Yes. Yes. It's, it's weird. And I, I think, I don't know, um, you know, being a child of divorce and kind of having, I feel like I have uh, two kind of different families or a lot of different families. I also have step parents. So I have like four different families in a way. And so kind of any kind of family you're with, you don't really feel completely whole in a way, or you feel like something's missing, or you feel like this is just kind of part of me, but not fully me. Um, and yeah. so I, you know, I don't experience it, any family dynamic, like fully in a way, like I'm just right. kind of there for the meantime, but there's other family that isn't there. Does this make any sense? Or am I yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I, yeah. As a child of divorce, I relate to that a lot. Um, I think that it's, it's easy to kind of detach a little bit from certain family relationships because that typical family unit you don't have. It's severed. It's If you have stepsisters and half-brothers, it's like, I don't know. It, it takes on a different meaning, I think. Yeah. And then I think, you know, I have done a lot. It's hard not to compare. Like I have a lot, I have three younger siblings who are much, much younger than me. And I think it's hard not to compare our childhoods because there's such a different, it's, it's, it's a pretty big contrast. So I'll think about my childhood and what they're experiencing. And I've been able to do that at every age with some awareness because my, they're, 12 plus years younger than me, all of them. Right. And so mm -hmm. I can remember what I was doing at their age and what my situation was and see what their situation is. And I think that's kind of always there on some kind of like, you know, a subconscious level, even if I'm not thinking about it. So it doesn't, I feel like I've stepped into somebody else's life sometimes. Yeah. In a weird way. But yeah. Yeah. Romantically. Yeah. I think Cam is probably where I feel the most whole, like, oh, my whole family is here in an, in a nice way. Like I love my fam I love my nice. family. That's <laughs> nice. But I feel like, really oh, nice. this is, this feels <laughs> like I am complete. I guess. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I saw Taylor's face and I was like, oh, I feel the same <laughs> like, way. We like, both did the same sad <laughs> lip. We were like, that's so nice. That's so nice. I think I'll marry him. <laughs> oh, that's, that is just lovely. Um, well, well, um, I just have a few tips and then we have some other tips that our wonderful producer Humaira added as well, but I figured I'd rattle these off because this is what I actually use in my, in my life now, but the list of accomplishments, Ooh, that does come in handy. I know we talked about that listing mm -hmm. your accomplishments and any positive feedback you've ever received from literally anybody. If you need a quick reference before you're going to do something, I use, use that a lot in the beginning with any new experience. And then I kind of only bring it back when I'm about to experience something new that I feel like I'm going to be, you know, I'm an imposter in, um, experiencing something over and over and, and it's like seeing those results that is always super helpful. And that just takes time, unfortunately. So you're just going to be uncomfortable along the way. Yeah. And then I kind of briefly, briefly talked about this too, but whenever I'm worried about the result of something like, Oh God, what if I fail? What if I suck? What if I'm not good enough or not ready? I always just think like, I'm just trying to help here. Like I'm coming from a good place. And so if it comes crashing down, I was trying to be of service. I wasn't trying to do any damage. That always makes me feel better. <laughs> and then I love thinking about the worst case scenario and then solving that um, yeah. ahead of time, always. Like, okay, if this is a disaster, 
what would I do in these different situations? And I think always reminding yourself that you can trust yourself to act with integrity in whatever situation happens is super helpful. Like if I go into something and somebody wasn't happy with a product or a service or this, like, of course I would, I would figure that out. I would make it right somehow, you know? So I think that's always very helpful when you're going into like, just trust yourself that you'll be able to, you know, do something for yourself. But um, do you guys want to rattle off some of these extra tips from Humaira that she found? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, realize there's no shame in asking for help when you need it. If you don't know how to do something, ask a coworker, um, supportive supervisor, career coach. And like we mentioned before, know that this is normal. If you're feeling this way, whenever someone speaks up about it, uh, hundreds more people breathe a sigh of relief. Like, thank God it's not just me. Um, one of my favorite YouTube beauty gurus, Jamie Page, who I've mentioned before, she just did kind of like a day at her work video like a vlog of what it looks like as she's making these YouTube videos and she showed sometimes how many takes it takes her to get a sentence right and so when you're watching the YouTube video it looks like seamless and great but I love that she showed that moment of like so this foundation makes so this foundation so the this when I put this and it's like I loved seeing somebody who comes off so polished just look very human in that instance because as like a content content creator you do that in your apartment and you feel so stupid and you feel like you look fucking crazy to just have to repeat a sentence over and over until you get it right and that was a nice moment of me being like oh man love seeing somebody else someone I look up to do that you know yeah yeah absolutely yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. and also Oh, sorry. Go for it. Oh, sorry. That was me transitioning into it. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. it Just now. (laughs) And also. (laughs) Uh, Like we said, just remind yourself of all you've accomplished. Have a little pep talk for yourself. Um, You can always tell your close friends about these feelings, like your favorite teacher, your coworker, family member, like, I do this with Kelsey Delaney. I do it with Dustin. I do it with a lot of people where if I'm feeling this way, I just go like, I just need to say it. Like, I feel like I'm not good enough to be here. I feel like I'm not doing things well enough. I'm not doing it right. I feel like we've all had moments like that with each other. And it's so helpful to just have a person close to you go, oh, I don't see you that way at all. And here's why. And nobody else does. And you go, okay, thank God. I'm just being hard on myself. Um, something else you do, you could seek out a mentor that way you can always ask questions and get advice from somebody in your field. Who's like there for that specific purpose. Um, and also expect initial failure when you're learning how to do something like allow yourself some leeway to mess up when you start trying to get good at something that's going to happen. Separate your feelings from facts. There are times that you'll feel stupid. It happens to everyone from time to time. But just because you feel stupid doesn't mean that you are. Like, that's something I tell myself all the time, that feelings aren't facts. Like, feelings are real, but they're not always true. Yeah. yeah. Um, and recognize that you have just as much right as the next person to be wrong, have an, have an off day, or ask for help. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Um, 
So there are ways to battle imposter syndrome. Um, imposter workaholics are actually addicted to the validation that comes from working, not to the work itself. So start training yourself to veer away from external validation. Um, I feel like I'm seeing a lot of parallels in this episode with our self-love episode mm-hmm. that if you don't love yourself, it's super easy to kind of have these things pop up. Um, uh, learn to take your mistakes in stride, viewing them as a natural part of the process. Realize there's no shame in asking for help when you need it. If you don't know how to do something, ask a coworker. Um, if you can't figure out how to solve a problem, seek advice from a supportive supervisor, or even a career coach. Know that this is normal. Whenever someone speaks up about, um, whenever someone speaks up about something, hundreds more breathe a sigh of relief. Like, whoo, it's not just me. Oh, I oh yes, feel that so fucking hard when you're just um, so glad somebody asked that question that you were too embarrassed to ask. <laughs> oh my god, yes, great topic, Delaney. Yeah, I love this one. This is a big one. Yes. <laughs> All right, and we do have an iTunes review of the episode. This is from. Chell Rose Will. Is that how you say it, you think? Chell Dude, Ross we Will. never know with a, a username on iTunes. It's Chell a grab Rose bag. Will coming at you. The, they say, I love you guys. I'm a fan of all three of you. I'm a female comedian, artist, and entrepreneur. You guys are awesome, honest, and helpful. Feels like listening to a conversation of three of my besties. Also going to make sure I make sure I floss like a boss. <laughs> Sorry. Make sure I floss like a boss. So thanks for the tips, Kelsey. I got you. Oh, Happy to spread the gospel of my dental hygienist. Floss like a boss. Isn't flossing also the dance move from that one uh, TV show or whatever? It is. There you go. I don't know what that is. You know flossing. You do the arm oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, doing yeah. it like this because that's as much as the camera can see. Know that I don't <laughs> actually do it like this. <laughs> like, what TV show did you learn it from? Thank you for that iTunes review. Feel free to leave some some more, everybody. There, it's all there for you. Click a button, talk to us. We'll, it is we'll all see. there for you. <laughs> you thank any, you for that iTunes review. So any nice. uh, hot segments of any kind while we're wrapping up? I mean, hmm. I feel like I should. I can I can share one. Share one, though. We Mav- we took Maverick to the beach for the first time. Uh, it was his first beach trip. He he turned two recently and we took him to the beach and um you know, it's one of those things where would we have even thought to go to the beach if it wasn't for, you know, this pandemic and really not having options to do anything but outside stuff and mm-hmm. it was it was really nice. It was quite fun. Maverick was very indifferent about the water, but he enjoyed running on the sand and stuff. And it was just nice to go and feel like you had an outing. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and you, and yeah. it's just, it's crazy. I mean, I never go to the beach and we live very close to it. So that was a nice little family trip. Oh, also, I forgot to tell you guys this on the last time I talked about like leaving social media officially. I don't think I told you how funny it was, but when I first announced like, hey, everybody, I'm deleting my Instagram account at the end of the month. Did I tell you I lost followers immediately (laughs) after posting? (laughs) I swear, I probably a hundred followers and I thought you're cute. You lost a hundred followers and you think that's a lot. That's a lot from where I was at, but it was so funny because I'm like, 
in, you're going to indirectly be unfollowing me because this account that won't even exist. But <laughs> yeah, that's funny that people are just so impatient. They're like, nope, we hope. Okay, bye, you're done now. You're dead to me now. Bye, see ya. I just thought that was so funny. I forgot to tell you guys because I was cracking up when I noticed that, that people just peaced <laughs> Oh, yeah. You are dismissed. People, people don't want to wait. Uh, anyway, yeah. so that's a little, this is a little extra for you. <laughs> nice. I, I feel like the only things I have to say are things I've already briefly mentioned that I'm excited for the upcoming um, makeup workshop and that a new Trumpet Tuesday video came out today and people have been loving it. Uh, my dad did his own rendition of WAP and <sighs> you can't oh unsee it. My eyes are still burning. Um if you want to watch a, a, a father in his 60s cover WAP on trumpet and sing along to some of it, it's at Kelsey Cook Comedy on Instagram. And um, wow. Oh, I'm sorry. So and you're great. welcome. I have to see this. I bet there's, I can watch it on Cam's Instagram. You can watch it on his Instagram or it's on TikTok at Kelsey Cook Comedy. Um, but yeah, it's, it is worth looking it up. I promise. I'm not just saying it because it's my dad. Like it's, it's pretty funny. I'll have to take a look at it. Okay. <laughs> Taylor, yeah, you got anything? anything? I don't think I have anything new. I feel like I've sort of gone over it. Uh, I've just been doing this the same stuff. You because know what? That's I've okay. Just, That's great. It's fine. Consistency. I've just been, yeah, I've just been really trying to take care of myself every day and make that my main focus because I got nothing else to focus on right now. And um you know, it's it's been very hard, but it's been really good. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's I'm ready for the vaccine. Yes. That's all I have. That's my <laughs> segment. Mm-hmm. I'm ready, ready for the vaccine. vaccine. Yeah. You look right. I mean, you're wearing tie dye. You look good. It you looks look like it's a, it's a fresh Thank start. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. This is the new me. Tie dye. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good it's all good uh anything that you guys want to plug before we we peace uh-huh. out yeah <laughs> no, no. i would say this comes out january 18th which means tomorrow january 19th is the next episode of Efficionado. if you want to check out um, oh, my entrepreneur yeah. podcast it's all about how to simplify your business every area of it your offer your marketing yeah. and your workflow so if you're interested in that and feel free to check out some of the other ones if you if you want. No pressure. Sure. <laughs> I'm supposed to be I'm supposed to be at Wise Guys in Salt Lake City February 4th through 6th. Um so you know, we'll see if the world is still here. Yeah, in a couple <laughs> weeks. Back in. Yeah. Know? My weekend at Dr. Grin's uh, in Grand Rapids just got moved for a second time, so just, you know, Keep checking my Instagram. I'll keep posting when the dates are actually happening with any club this year. Yeah. Yeah. We will see. Yeah. Wonderful. All right, everybody. All right. We love you and we'll talk to you soon. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to Self Helpless. We really appreciate it and would love anything you can do to help the show grow and get the word out. So if you could leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, that helps us move up the iTunes charts. If you can tell a friend, a coworker, a family member, 
anybody that you think would love the podcast, you can also screenshot an episode and share it in your Instagram, in your Instagram stories, anything helps. Also, if you want more of the show, if you want bonus episodes, if you want to be able to be more interactive and help choose podcast topics, you can go to patreon.com slash selfhelpless and join there. You guys can follow me on Instagram at Kelsey Cook Comedy, on Twitter at Kelsey Cook. You can go to my website, KelseyCook.com, which has links to my online makeup course. You can listen to my album, Savor It, on Spotify and iTunes. And you can watch my foosball web series on YouTube called Risks of Fury. How about you guys? Where can people find you? You can follow me at Taylor Tomlinson on Instagram and Twitter. My website is ttomcomedy.com. And you can watch my one-hour special streaming on Netflix right now called Quarter Life Crisis. Awesome. And you can find me at DelaneyFisher.com. That's where you'll find information about my one-to-one consulting and my online courses. So basically, if you're a business owner, podcaster, or comedian, uh, and you're looking to either start those things or grow those things, you can reach out to me for more information. I also have an email list at DelaneyFisher.com where I share my favorite tools, tips, treats, and free shit. And then we just want to say a big special thank you to our wonderful editor, Emma Erdbrink, and our fantastic associate producer, Humaira Nawaz. And you can find everything that we all just mentioned at selfhelplesspodcast.com. <laughs>